Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Jason Demland, and I am joined as always and in the future by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Caleb Frankert. Jason, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. Well, all right, let's mix it up. Welcome back to the podcast show. I missed it. I'm, I believe our listeners probably missed it. I sure as heck did. I think you did a phenomenal job last week, by the way. Thank you. It was really weird. Did. There it are not weird. many people who can carry a show. I mean, Rush, Ben Shapiro, Jason Demland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I listened to you for the full 28 minutes and whatever. I, I, yeah, it was good. I think you did a nice job. <laughs> Thank you. Good job, Jason. You're too kind. <laughs> Shucks, Caleb. <laughs> there, was, there was way less laughing and there was almost zero high-fiving. Well, almost. So, we, yeah, okay. so we've done better in the high-five department yeah. than I did solo. It's good to be back. This is my first podcast of the year. 2022. I missed the first podcast yeah. of the year. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I've missed a couple of podcasts since we've been doing this and I really really do miss it. So I'm glad, It's fun. It's glad good to, to be sit back here at it and talk to you, force ourselves to have a drink we probably maybe wouldn't normally have yeah. and talk about a finance topic that we definitely do talk about. We do. Often. Yeah. I guess let's set up the episode a little bit today. Uh we you elaborated to a drink that we probably wouldn't normally drink. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard about it until someone sent me a link, so I know I wouldn't have made it without yeah. uh Yep. About this this year podcast. We said we would shout out Kristen. Yeah, yeah, Kristen, yeah we should. Uh, who is an avid listener, probably the biggest fan of this show. She listens to it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she has to. I heard her listening to it earlier, and I sometimes don't recognize our voices. I'm like, will you shut that off? <laughs> Kristen works uh, in our office at Blue Jay, and she heard us talking about our finance topic and took it upon herself to search a drink, and it's a great fit. I haven't tasted it yet, but I'm excited for this one because it's got a lot of things that I like. So let's tie in the episode. Tie it! Brilliant, Kristen. Brilliant. She, she nailed it. Uh, this drink is called The Grandfather. Indeed. And it goes right along with our finance topic, which is... Grandfather clocks. Yes. <laughs> how to invest in them. <laughs> no. Uh, how to inherit an IRA is yeah. the title of the episode. But we're, we're talking about inheriting funds. Um. Mm-hmm. So grandfather inheritance. Sometimes they go together really nicely. Gives you an inheritance. Yeah, it's perfect. So the, these things they fit really well together. I hope I like this drink. I think I will based on what's in it. Uh, it's, um, sure. Yeah, it seems very likable. So let's dive into that. Uh, we've got a great drink, great finance topic. We do. Let's start. Okay. With the drink. Let's start with this drink. Uh, Jason, uh, you were kind enough to bartend today. Um, what we're drinking here, the grandfather is comprised of a lot of things that I like. Yes. Lovely things. Uh, and this was an easy one to mix up, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. The, one, the recipe, one, one, yeah. one, one. Anything that is, when you're, you make multiples of something, I, I mix three up for the three of us here. Uh, it's nice when it's easily multiplied by three. Yes. Like one and a quarter ounce. What's that times three? I don't know. Well, this could be anything. Be easy. <laughs> Cause one ounce of bourbon means mm-hmm. two ounces of bourbon for two. And mm-hmm. three for, I think Jason's got one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, enough of that. <laughs> That's uh, math. This, this is comprised of one ounce of bourbon, your choice, mm-hmm. one ounce of Applejack, mm-hmm. uh, one ounce of sweet vermouth, one dash of Angostura bitters, one dash of Pechaud bitters, and one Luxardo cherry. Well, let's give it a taste. I haven't tasted mine yet. All right, let's do that. Hey, 
Cheers. Oh, cheers yeah. to the new year. Cheers. Hmm. Hmm. All right. It's definitely got a Manhattan flair. It does. But it's got that Applejack in there, which is an apple brandy mixed up spirit. Hmm. Um, you know, it tastes exactly it. like I thought it would. Mm-hmm. However, I still am a little surprised by this one. I'm not sure what I think yet. I got to go back for more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, let's do that again. All right. Mm. Let's try mm. that again. Hey, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> to uh, the week two, two, uh, of, week two of the new year. All right, what are your thoughts? Well, I like it, just to be short. It's a lot like a Manhattan. It's got bourbon instead of rye, though, so it's not as spicy. It's not as complex. I think that's supposed to probably be replaced by the apple brandy, applejack stuff. So it definitely is a little more apple-y. Yeah. Um, it's a lot sweeter than a Manhattan. The, the sweet vermouth that we used is is in a higher proportion than normal. Well, you, no, you, not if we're using two ounces of, you know, between the bourbon and the applejack... Two to one is what I generally mix up. You know what I think it is, Jason? I think it's the presence of bourbon in the Manhattan yeah. rather than rye. Uh, I would typically use a rye whiskey in a Manhattan, yeah. which um, is less sweet, more spicy, um, which th- the the spiciness of the rye plays really well with that sweet vermouth. Yeah. And this is our favorite vermouth, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Carpano Antica that we're mm-hmm. using here. I... I my criticism of this is it might be a little sweet because bourbon is sweeter than rye. Yes. Applejack is sweeter than bourbon. Yeah. And then we got the sweet vermouth in there. I could use a little spice. I think that I think it'd be interesting to try this with a rye instead of a bourbon and see what that does to it. Yeah. I have a sweet tooth. I like it. It's yeah. very mild. So if you don't like the harshness uh, that comes with a traditional Manhattan, maybe this is for you, mm-hmm. especially if you're celebrating apples for some reason. I, I'm not against it. I don't hate it. Yeah, it's 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 good. I've had a lot worse, that's for sure. <laughs> and this is fun. It's called The Grandfather. Do you have any reason why it's called that? No, I, I couldn't find any history on yeah, this one. Me neither. I saw like three recipes after Kristen recommended this drink. Uh, after she said like seconds and seconds of Googling yeah. <laughs> she spent on this. I tried to double check it. I just saw some uh, corroborating uh, recipes out uh-huh. there. But yeah. no history. It was no pretty controversy. much all the same wherever you went. Yeah. It's just a fun yeah. cocktail, I think. Yeah. Uh, we don't use Applejack enough. No, I like it. Um, I, I, I like Applejack. I think that this might be better with a rye, though. We'll have to try it with a rye yeah, sometime. Let's do that. Let's make sure we do that. Uh, for a drink that I had to put zero thought into, yes, I love it's that. a keeper. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a keeper. Oh, and by the way, I would say if you can't find Applejack, if you're trying to recreate this drink at home, Apple Brandy is a suitable replacement. Yeah, uh, it's not as good. Applejack is its own sweeter, thing, though. Um, right? Isn't yeah. Applejack Apple Brandy with other distilled spirits? Like, I think it's half and half. We have made other drinks uh, with Applejack versus Apple Brandy. I've forgotten all the history of Applejack. We I went into that. I remember there's a bunch yeah. of different names for it. Like it's was it the Jack Rose White episode? Lightning. That was a long time ago. The Jack Rose has Applejack in it. Yeah. That's like the second or third episode of this podcast. Yeah, probably not a great episode. <laughs> uh, but we, we did talk about, about the drink. Yeah, we, I think. <laughs> yeah, we Woo. did. Yeah. My heart will go on. Yeah, I, you know what? I think that this one, the base is there. I think this is a good idea. It would be fun to play with this one a little bit and maybe do a little customization. Yeah, it's a nice branching out on a classic tried and true combination of cocktail ingredients. Yeah. Uh, the Peychaud's bitters, too. I am a big fan of pay. Is it Peychaud? Peychaud? Like, you got to say it like a Creole person because it's a no. <laughs> oh, Peychaud. Peychaud. <laughs> I think. Um, 
But I really like that. Those Creole bitters. is basically like a Southern Frenchman, right? Yeah, it's like it's its own thing. It's that French, that Bayou, all that <laughs> stuff coming together. <laughs> I, I do like I like Peychauds. Uh, it's and I I do notice now that we're talking about it, I am picking up that that little bit of spice from the Peychauds bitters. Mm-hmm. That that just does have that little what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Je ne sais quoi. The brain fog thing with COVID is a real thing, Jason. <laughs> but you're back now. Yeah. You just have the after effects. Yeah. Caleb, in a nutshell, it's a lot like a Manhattan, but you can tell there's bourbon instead of rye, and there's some apple stuff going on. Yeah. It's, it's a grandfather. I like it. I think I Presumably, a, grandfather would have drank this. This is a good canvas. I think you could add your own flair to it and be all right. But you know what? That's kind of a Manhattan in general, isn't it? Just Absolutely. a really good old-fashioned drink. Not an old-fashioned drink, but, you know, <laughs> a good old-timey... Standard cocktail. Standard cocktail uh, that's fun to play around with. Yeah, and this is a good variation on it. And uh, supposedly, grandpas everywhere drink it. <laughs> Something else grandpas do is die. So, Aww. dang it. Um, you shouldn't do that. No, no. Uh, that's That was insensitive. But they do a good... a good. What is the proverb, Caleb? A good man leaves an inheritance to his children yeah. and to his children's children, right? Yeah. So a grandfather would be leaving an inheritance to his children's children and possibly his children. That's a, as good of a segue as I can come up with on the fly. That's as good as we're going to get. So let's we're, talk we're about moving that. into inherit how to inherit an IRA. Yeah, so this just to set this up a little bit. We're not talking about uh, you know, uh, making sure that you're the favorite grandson or the favorite son or daughter. Yeah, there uh, are good ways to inherit an IRA yeah. and that's like be present with your uh, family. We're not, we're not talking about... Uh, Maybe become their power of attorney <laughs> and put everything into your name. That's really sleazy. Don't do that. Yeah. What, what we're saying is inheriting an IRA is a big event. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, if you're listening to this and you have a parent or a grandparent, there's a pretty good chance that at some point in your life you may inherit uh, some type of retirement asset or an yeah. IRA. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's tough because it's typically a blessing... However, the way that you inherit it is usually, I mean, it's through a bad event. You have to lose yeah, a loved one. You're not one, celebrating the fact that you have right. gotten this usually. It's a, it's a blessing. It can be humbling. It, you have mixed emotions. A lot of emotions. Yeah. We, yeah. we don't want to, we don't want to get, let's pass right over that. This is like when I was talking about inheriting farm ground. There's emotions involved. Right. Somebody died if you're inheriting something. Yeah. Uh, that's sad. So it, we didn't have this in our, Talking points, but it's a good time, a good idea to take a little bit of time to grieve before you make any decisions. Absolutely. So this is, uh, and I think uh, the way we've kind of split this episode up, we do need to dive into the rules a little bit. And I think everybody um, that is familiar with how to inherit an IRA, um, the old rules, um, some things changed at the end of 2019, and there was big yeah. legislation. We've said that a few times. Yeah. Uh, the Secure Act came we've about right at it. the end yeah. of 2019. But what happened right at the beginning of 2020 that we've been talking about for two years? COVID. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I had two questions from clients today that were answered in the Secure Act. And I'm telling you, these clients had never heard about it before because Secure Act came out. Then we talked about COVID for two years. It's true. In our world, the Secure Act was like was a big deal. It's huge. It's a, lots of tax implications, a lot of retirement savings implications from these rules that were enacted. And then it got totally usurped by the news coverage from COVID. Yeah. Clients, people's the, the stimulus packages, yeah. all kinds of stuff. A lot of stuff happened. So we'll revisit it a lot, I think, yeah. as time goes on. Most of these strategies relate to the Secure Act somewhere or another. They absolutely do. Um, so the idea of how to inherit an IRA, we're going to talk about 
if you're in the position where you have inherited an IRA, here's what you need to do. Right. Okay. And I would say, going back to what you just said a little bit ago, the first thing is take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Take time to grieve. Yeah. Um, like anything that's worth doing right, you don't have to do it right now. And if you're ever pushed into a situation where someone wants, wants you to make decisions while you're highly emotional, yeah, it's okay to take a step back. Okay. Usually so these things can wait a day, two days, technically, many days. Technically, they can. This is probably not uh, beneficial in most cases, but technically they can wait until de- December 31st of the year following. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's the first bit of advice. Maybe I'm jumping the gun because we're going to talk towards the end of the program here about different sure. strategies for withdrawals. But I think the first thing is take time to grieve, take care of yourself and your family. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good. It's a good idea to take months, really. If yeah. you've suffered, it's different maybe if you've been preparing for this for a while. Um, but clients that I've had that experience a loss like this, it, it changes your whole world. Yeah. So it's really a good idea to grieve first and, and realize that a big thing has happened. Yeah. Death is a, a big event. Uh, so make sure you mourn. Make sure you grieve. Don't make decisions early because you're yeah. probably going to make a bad one because you're not thinking right. You got to make sure that uh, the, because there are big decisions to be made, yeah. um, that you are in the right mindset when you make those decisions, working with a financial advisor who gets that. Yeah. You know, I would say that uh, one of the things about our business is, unfortunately, we deal with death a lot. Mm-hmm. And I could see on a large scale how you could be kind of callous as an advisor to this over time because people die and assets need to move. Yeah. Um, but uh, we handle the nuts and bolts. We can turn into kind of robots. We can, and sometimes that's a sometimes that's a defense mechanism. But yeah. if you have inherited assets, take the time to grieve. Uh, take the time to get in the right frame of mind and make sure you don't make some mistakes that we're going to talk about that are, are possible mistakes. So yeah. first, um, I know we're running a little bit over here on the intro part of this, but I want to talk about um, what changed. Just real briefly in 2019, let's let's go back in time, get in our time machine and talk about what happened two years ago, uh, a little over two years ago. If if you inherited an IRA, typically everybody could do this. And, you, you, you know, you and I have settled IRAs for folks and we, we'd tell people there's really three things you can do. You can cash it all out and pay all the taxes now. You can take it over five years, but why would you put yourself in that uh, mm-hmm. in that box, I guess, and take away your flexibility? Or you can stretch it out over your life expectancy. Yep. The stretch IRA. Mm-hmm. 9.9 times out of 10, the stretch IRA was the way to go. Yeah. If you Very inherited popular. an IRA from someone who passed after 2019, unfortunately... The stretch IRA is not an option for for, uh, for most folks. The stretch IRA was a great option. People Absolutely use it all was. the time. That's why you would see grandparents putting grandchildren on as beneficiaries to their IRA mm-hmm. to bypass probate, to give a great legacy asset to their grandkids, yeah. and then the grandkids get the benefit of tax deferral for a long time because their life expectancy is a lot longer. Right. That's gone now. It's, it's gone. gone. Secure Act... Just killed the stretch IRA. In exchange for the required minimum distribution age for folks going from 70 and a half to 72. So that's what was talked about was, hey, you don't have to take withdrawals from your retirement accounts till 72 now. Great. Where Uncle Sam giveth, he taketh away big time. Well, they're trying to increase tax revenue. Let's always remember that. IRAs are a tax strategy no matter what anybody says. Um, so there's rules that impact it. And it all has to do with how you pay taxes, which which is why the rules are important. Yeah. 
So talking about the rules, yes. let's talk about what the Secure Act did change. What are the rules for a beneficiary IRA, Caleb? Yeah, so a lot of this depends on uh, whether you're a, we'll call it an eligible. Um, I got a gripe the, about these designated, eligible designated beneficiary versus designated beneficiary. Yes. Who writes this stuff? You know who writes yeah, this I stuff. Yeah, I know. It's, it's ridiculous. The IRS. So let's just say you're an eligible beneficiary and you're a not eligible beneficiary. Well, first, before we do that, let's talk about spouses. Oh, oh okay. Because okay. spouses are the ones who, who can actually, and this was the, the, the same thing for pre-2019. If you are a spouse yeah. that inherits an IRA, yeah. you can take that as if it were your own. That's a special rule for spouses only. Yes. You can also do the other rules. You can. <laughs> as a, But why would you? Well, uh, there are scenarios where it makes sense. There are. It, let's say you're not 10 years younger than your spouse. Mm-hmm. They pass away. Most likely, it's going to be beneficial for you to take that IRA over as if it were your own consolidation. Right. You can put it all together. Let's say your it's spouse cleaner. was taking retired uh, required minimum distributions. You can hit pause on retired minimum, uh, required minimum distributions if you're not at that age yet as well. Yeah. Um, so there, again, there's a 9.9 out of 10 where the spouse is going to inherit that IRA yeah. and take it on as their own. So we're own. not going to talk about spousal IRAs very much. If you're married and your spouse dies, first of all, I am so sorry. Yeah. That's horrible. Uh, secondly, you're probably just going to take that IRA as your own. Yeah. That's usually the cleanest solution. Because you Treat have it as all your the own flexibility. IRA. That's Absolutely. A, the IRS puts that rule in. That's actually quite good. It's incentivizing marriage. It's a good rule. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about... Now, Now this is where the caveats come in. And we're going to differentiate a little bit between um, eligible designated beneficiaries and just regular old designated beneficiaries. Yeah. Not eligible. So first, let, let's explain that. An eligible designated beneficiary. These are the people that could still take the stretch IRA option with some with some uh, asterisks. Yeah, so these people are eligible to get preferential treatment over the new killing of the stretch IRA. Yes. Right? They can stretch out their distributions from the IRA over their lifetime based on a calculation from the IRS. So there's a few situations uh, if you are chronically ill. I don't know the IRS's definition of chronically ill. I don't know that they have a real definition. As of the summer of 2021, they were still issuing guidance on this policy, and it was still confusing because they kept putting out contradictory information. Mm -hmm. So this could all still change, just so everybody knows. But as of right now, yeah, go ahead. We don't know exactly what chronically ill is. If you're chronically ill... Whatever that means, <laughs> whatever is considered uh, by the IRS as chronically ill. I think it means Ill. terminal, but well, I don't know. But it, well, no. If I, it takes other IRA rules, that's usually what it means, but it, I don't know. I don't know. Chronically ill could mean a lot of things. Um, it, but it's not disabled because that's a separate category. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you may be able to stretch that out over your life expectancy. Yeah. So if you're 50 years old and chronically ill, that's beneficial. It is. Um you permanently disabled, treatment. okay? Yes. That's a little bit more clear-cut. If you're permanently disabled, there are a lot of uh, exceptions to IRA rules if you're permanently right. disabled. yeah. Um, so you would get to still stretch that. Um, if you are not more than 10 years younger than the decedent, so who passed away, let's say you're a friend of a friend. Or a brother inherit, or a sister. Sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, then you may be able to, and I say may be able to stretch that Because you might not lifetime. want to. So you have the option. All of these have the option of taking the 10-year yes. method. Uh, which is the new one. Let's talk about everybody else. And this is what we see most of the time. Children in- inheriting IRAs. Yeah. Um, so a non-spouse, more than 10 years younger, not chronically ill, not permanently disabled. Oh, oh, oh. Not I a minor. Out, by not the way. a minor, minor child. Yes. If minor. You're a, if you're a minor <laughs> child, 
Uh, you can you can stretch the IRA until until you turn eighteen. Yeah, until the age of majority, <laughs> and then the ten year window, which we haven't alluded to yet. Yeah. Which is the new rule. This is the new rule. So for everybody else and minors when they reach the age of majority. <laughs> Which is 18, usually. Have 10 years to clean out their IRA yeah. that they inherit. Why is this so impactful compared to the old rules of the stretch, Jason? Well, because you know if you're somebody in your 30s or your 40s or your 50s and you stretch this IRA distributions out over your lifetime, you're going to take less out, usually, than this 10-year rule. 10 years is the deadline. Uh-huh. That IRA has to be emptied, which means income taxes have to be paid right. within that 10 years. It's not getting stretched out. So in some situations, maybe it works out as a benefit. For the most part, though, this this results in a boon to the IRS. Yes, They are getting that money now. Because imagine grandpa passes away mm-hmm. and he's 85 mm-hmm. and he leaves his IRA to his grandkids. He has a million dollar IRA divided by 10 grandkids, $100,000 for each. Let's say they're all the same exact age. I don't know why they would be, (laughs) but they are. They're all 10 years old. They've got 10 more years of basically tax deferred growth. Well, in the olden days, they had their lifetime. Eight years. Yeah. Yeah. In the olden days, they had their whole lifetime. Now they have this new rule where they turn 18 and then 10 years later they've yeah. got to they've got to so for a 10 year old inheriting it they've got an 18 year clean let's say they're period. all 18 then okay they got 10 years they got 10 years it used to be they could get it over their lifetime yeah if you're 18 is, years old your life expectancy is pretty long meaning yeah. that money can continue to grow at a high rate of return mm-hmm. tax deferred while taking very very minimal distributions so people have used this strategy. This is the, how do you maximize the stretch IRA. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that did this when they were still of sound mind. Yep. And maybe maybe they're not as much. They're not as savvy. This isn't a planning issue for, for our older clients. Yes. Because this strategy doesn't exist anymore. Right. You might want to rethink the best way to do it. So when we see grandkids as beneficiaries on IRAs, red flag. It may still be an okay strategy, yeah. but we need to talk about it. So the the idea behind all of this is what you, you say, why why in the world would you leave a grandkid as a beneficiary and, and skip a generation? Well, I'll tell you why. Yeah. Most people pass away in their 70s or 80s. So most people's kids, when they're in their 70s or 80s, are in what? Their 50s and their 60s? Yep. Jason, when do most people make the most money they've ever made and, as a result, pay the most taxes that they've ever paid? In the years right before they retire, which <laughs> happen to be their 50s, 50s and, 60s. and 60s. So what you're doing is you're forcing distributions in their highest earning years, their highest tax paying years. Yeah. You're forcing distributions and, and a higher tax rate. So, so why would you skip a generation and go to the kids? What's the kids' tax rate? It's lower. Caleb, yeah. you have to say your catchphrase. Work that tax code. <laughs> Work that tax code. It's been a while since I've said you that. You haven't been here. It's but true. the reason that but you yeah, skip generations is People so were working that tax code. That's right. You inherit an IRA that's a million bucks. You're making the most money you've ever made, and you've got to take it out over the next 10 years. I'm sorry, like it or not, blessing or not, you have a tax problem, my friend. You have a tax problem. So let's let's speak to those people. These are not spousal beneficiaries right. that don't fit those eligible criteria that we had. They're not a minor. Mm-hmm. They're a minor child. They can't just be a minor. They're not chronically ill. They're not permanently disabled. They're not more than 10 or less than 10 years younger. Yeah. Wait, more than 10 more, years younger? They're not more than 10 years younger. So yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we all know what you meant. Yeah. Thank you. So not those people. Right. So grandkids inheriting an IRA is... It can uh, still make sense. Uh Let's discuss strategy. Strat- strategies. 
Hey, you know what? Real quick before we do, one thing I noticed that we haven't talked about. We haven't drawn the line between traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. If you inherit a Roth IRA, here's the thing. The taxes have already been settled up in Uncle Sam's eyes. Do you still have to clean it out within 10 years? Yes. Yes. I'm going to tell you the strategy there, unless you need money real bad, is always let that tax-free train roll for 10 years and then take it all out. It's an amazing windfall. Get as much tax-free growth as you can. And we have talked about it in other episodes, Roth conversions. um, That's a good idea for IRA owner. This episode yes. is meant for IRA inheritors. That's okay? right. How to inherit an IRA. Yeah. The damage is done. You have a windfall. It's a blessing. It can feel like a curse as well. But yeah, I wanted to differentiate. This That's is why important. it's so much better to inherit a Roth IRA. Absolutely. Because it's if great. you're making $250,000 a year and you're paying a bunch in taxes, and then you have to take another $250,000 mm-hmm. a year out to satisfy it, these distributions, I would rather, you know, if someone's going to do you a favor... I'd, I'd rather inherit a Roth and not add to my taxable yeah. So if income. you are a person that's planning on letting people inherit your IRA, a Roth is a lot better. Yeah. But we are focusing in this uh, episode on those who have inherited the IRA. And look, if you've inherited a traditional IRA and you go, well, why didn't they do it, do it this way? Well, Roth hasn't been around for a real long time. And Roth conversions can be really delicate. So you yeah. can't just go, oh, okay, That's I'm going right. to flip everything it's hard. to Roth. Talk to a right. qualified professional about it. <laughs> yeah. So let's say, Caleb. Let's talk strategy. Is it okay? Strategies. <laughs> we want to talk about what you do if you inherit a traditional IRA from someone and you're not an eligible designated beneficiary. Yeah. What do you're you everyone do? else. We've got to lower taxes, Caleb. If we you really, sure do. If you really need the money, it's a windfall. It's good. Pay off debt. We always say that. Get into your emergency fund. That's okay. But you've got to... When you take money out of this inherited traditional IRA, it is taxable income. Yeah. You could make mess yourself over real bad with taxes. So how do we avoid that? You know, one of the first things that I go to is take a look at your retirement uh, options boom. that are available, right? Hey, tribute to John Madden yeah. with the boom. Who invented boom. Who, boom. who we just lost and maybe passed on some IRAs to folks. He might have, but yeah, um, he was awesome. I'm a Raiders fan. I got a soft spot for John yeah. Madden. And I Plus, like I grew football. up on video games. Yeah, I like football video games, <laughs> so I love John Madden. Thanks for the boom there, buddy. Uh, no, uh, so one of the things I do is look at your uh, retirement plans that are available. Uh-oh, what if you've been maxing out a Roth IRA and now you got to take a big distribution? That might take you out of the running. You yeah, might you, not be able to contribute You're disqualified. To you have too much income. And traditional IRA uh, contributions may not be tax deferred. So I say, hold up. Let's take a look. Do we have a 401k? Okay, in 2022, we can now uh, contribute $20,500 if we're under the age 50. It's new. It's new. $20,500 we can contribute to an IRA. And if mm-hmm. you're filing jointly times two if your spouse has a 401k. So if you're deferring that income mm-hmm. and you're pulling that, let's say in, in the, the married couple's case, $41,000 from the uh, inherited IRA, what we've done is we've taken the money from one tax deferred pocket and put it in the other. It's it's a wash. It's a moot point. That's, that, the, that's the first place that's the I first go. Pl- overfund your retirement uh, accounts. And, and same. So you got 403Bs, 457s. Max that stuff out. Yeah, if you've got a deferred comp, if you're a, like a public employee yeah. and you can put as much as you want into a deferred comp plan, by all means, utilize the heck out of it. That might be your ticket for offsetting these distributions Absolutely. That are it's the easiest place to go. Now, for someone who's got just a 401k mm-hmm. and that's their only option... Hey, we got twenty thousand five hundred to work with. You if you're above fifty, uh, it goes. What is it? Another six thousand dollars for the catch up that you 30, can do. Isn't it more than that for a four hundred one k? I thought it was like thirteen. You know what? I feel unprepared. It's newly twenty twenty two. There's more. It's more. You take advantage of those options. Uh, 
the second thing I've got on here, find every, and I'm going to emphasize, legitimate, legitimate. tax deduction. <laughs> okay? Um, now, that's that's pretty simple. Work with a good tax person. We're running out of time here. Um, you could spread it out evenly over 10 years, but you got to look at your income situation too. Another thing you can do is say, I know I'm going to have a tax problem and I'm going to delay, 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 grow this as much as I can and have one really bad tax year 10 years down could the be. road. You could retire early. You can do stuff. The way to lower taxes is to make less money. Talk to a financial advisor. We got yeah. so many great ideas about this. Uh, there is one other situation we need to look into. If there's an, an estate tax situation, if yeah. this is the biggest state over $12.06 million in 2022, make sure you take advantage of that tax deduction for paying estate taxes. Okay, uh, I think it's a 35% deduction on estate taxes paid that can offset your distributions, taxability of your distributions. Doesn't matter that the estate paid it, you paid it. So Awesome. Caleb, this has been great. We are done. It's time to close out that tab. It sure is. <laughs> Thanks, folks, for having a drink with us this week. It's time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance podcast, be sure to email us at speakeasy at oldfashionedfinance.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with all the latest actions by following us on Facebook and Instagram. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's BlueJayFG.com, produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Jason and Caleb. Cheers, Cheers. buddy. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC, Blue Jay, is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by Blue Jay in the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant to an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written content on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay, unless otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. <laughs>